that acoustic feel. All I need is a chair, but I don't got a chair, so we're just gonna stand up. Hallelujah. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna praise God with the guitar and your voices. Y'all ready for that? Okay, let's hear it every side. I know you can sing. What's your other name and say, you try to sing. Tom, keep it over here. All right, we're, like, we're an audience of one, okay? We're singing to an audience of one, amen? It's not going to mean nothing if you try to press your neighbor by hitting that note like, Jesus, ain't going to do nothing. All right, it's for Jesus and Jesus alone. So Jesus, I pray right now that you just send your Holy Spirit upon us, God. Baptize us with your spirit, God. We're here to worship you. We want to see Jesus for who you are. Come on. Our hearts yearn. Our hearts desire is just to be with you, God, in your presence, Lord. So, God, we come before you right now. Get rid of all the things, all the stinking things. You got all the things that distract so easily. And we come before you right now. We offer our hearts. Come on, just begin to offer your heart into the Lord right now. That's what it's about. That's what you I offer you my heart, God, and everything that's inside of it. First song, y'all know it's a popular one. It's called You Are Good. Because 
are good and I'll dance because you are good and I'll shout because you are good. You are good to me. Sing it out. And I'll sing because you are good and I'll dance because you are good and I'll shout because you are good. You are good. And I'll sing because you are good and I'll Shout because you are good. You are good to me. And I'll sing because you are good. And I'll dance because you are good. And I'll shout because you are good. You are good to me. Sing because you are good. And I'll dance because you are good. And I'll shout because you are good.
that we desire to meet with even now. You're transforming our hearts. Come on, where you're at right now, would you just allow God to transform your heart? Come on, would you stop resisting and say, God, I'll allow you to transform my life. My life for your glory. My life for your kingdom. Whatever you want, God. God, if you want my family, you can have it. God, if you want my job, you can have it. God, if you want my friends, you can have it. God, if you want my future, you can have it. Whatever you want, come on. You can have it, Lord. We trust you, God, in these times right now. Holy Spirit, make us new. Transform my minds in the way we see things. We hold on to your promises, God. We hold on to your promises that, God, you won't leave us alone. You're never going to leave us dry. That, God, one day we'll walk with you one day. We'll embrace you all day, God. Everything will be perfect. Because we'll be with you in heaven, Lord. We hold on to those promises, God. And we hold on in faith. God, this is the reason why right now we can go through trials. Come on, you just surrender your trials unto the Lord. Oh, uh-huh. 
So 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches. Uh, I can't see how it's 50 churches to plant, um, I guess, in the city, right? And 500 churches around the world. I want to be part of one of those 500 churches. Hey, I want to plant a church in the warm, you know, the warm states. Right? I don't get no snow. I'm not happy about that, by the way. In Chicago, I have like a long hair relationship. Anyways, that's our strategy. That's our goal. And you know our vision. It's what again? Call of Duty just came out. <gasps> and so somebody 
they're going to have a tournament. And I don't know what the prices are for that, but after they were kind of after party with the tournament over in the back, possibly on the big screen, so you can go to the hotel. Amen? Cool. Now, tithe and offering. I'm so glad I know what an offering is because it's covered by the blue money up there. But a tithe, let me tell you what a tithe is. A tithe is 10% of your total income. Now, this week you guys get 10 bucks this week. How many of you guys got 10 bucks? How many of you guys got 5 bucks? I got five bucks. Okay, let's go a little more realistic. Okay, we got five dollars. A dollar. You just have how many you guys got a dollar today? I mean, this whole piece, you got a dollar allowance. Like, here's Tito, you can have a dollar for your candy, you know, like, here's a dollar. Okay, now tie off a dollar. Even though you can tie off a dollar, you can give the whole dollar, but you can tie off. If it's 10% of that whole dollar that you got, it's 10 cents. So that's 10%, okay? So that's what we're doing. If you get 10 bucks, it's $1. 100 bucks, it's $10. Just take away one zero. That's it. It's a decimal over. All right? An offering is whatever you give after that 10%. So now you just say, you give the whole dollar. 10% is 10 cents, right, of the dollar. And the rest of the 90 cents is your offering. So whatever you give after your, your 10%, your tithe is your offering. Amen? Amen. Here's an example. Week after week, we have fifteen dollars up there. Y'all better know the answer. Fifty percent. You see, we change the. What are you doing? I'm giving an example here. Okay. Okay. So fifteen. Example. One more time. Don't stick in your head. I don't have to make it stick in my head. But fifteen. Look at this one over. 
Father, you just um, be that covering over that, Lord God, so we can continue to have things like this, like elevated service, continue to just serve these people amongst us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Uh, Y'all can come forward and sing a song. Very
able to see myself with this camera. <laughs> and it's just literally this horrible noise you could ever um, wish or ever think of hearing in your car happen. And the car kind of like uh, slanted over, and I'm like, man, that's not good. All the girls were like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like, we just turned the corner. But I get out, I get out the car, and I look at the tire, and the entire, like, this is how the tire is supposed to be, nice and straight. Literally, the thing was like this, tilted over to the side. Like, it was about to go back to the future, just do one of these, about to fly away, you know what I mean? So I'm just thinking to myself, like, that's not normal. And that's called my, I didn't know what to do. I'm like freaking out. I'm like, okay, girls go inside, and everybody wants to go look at the tire. I'm like, go inside, go inside. I'm going to get my dad. So I run inside. I'm like, dad, my tire, the tire came out. There's nothing I can do. And I'm like, great. <laughs> I knew that, but I just want you to come and help me out. Just be there for me and just tell me, like, okay, you know, it's bad, but I want you to be there with me. And so we go outside and look at the thing, and I'm like, dang. And I think to myself, it's going to cost me a lot of money that I don't have right now. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Like, all these things came into my mind, and guess what I was doing? Worrying. I was worrying. And I'm like, dear Lord, I preached this on Friday. And I'm like, ha, ha, ha. God, you're funny. You, that's, I see what you're doing again. And so I had to stand this exact same note. And I think uh, God wants to drill it in into our hearts and minds, minds too. Amen. So open up your Bibles to Matthew 6. Matthew 6. Verses 25 and 34. Matthew 6. Y'all bring your Bible. Matthew chapter 6. I love having it electronically, but sometimes I just get so confused and my mind is everywhere. I don't even know where to look. Uh, Matthew chapter 6. Verse, just verse 25 to 34. We're going to go all the way down to uh, verse 34. We were here last week. The title of this passage in the, in the Bible is called, Do Not Worry. Somebody say it to your neighbor, look him right in the eye, tell them, do not worry, okay? Try that one more time, but sing it to them, like, do not worry. Go ahead and try it, try it. If you guys are good friends, you can be, that's right, do not worry, okay? But let me tell you something, I really want to get it in your heads, this what guy was teaching me this week. He's really saying to us, do not worry, okay? We're going to get into this verse 34. It says this, if y'all turn your attention to verse 34, the last passage in this uh, chapter, it says this, therefore, do not, what is it? Worry. Okay, we're going to try it one more time, say it nice and loud. Therefore, verse 34, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself each day. Has enough trouble of its own. I'll read that once more. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And I really want to talk to you about choosing to trust Jesus. I want to give you a little reality check. Your life is what you choose. Hello? Your life today is what you choose. All right? None of this where we're, we're passively sitting by and like I'm just a spectator. None of that. This is the engine of life. You are not a passenger. You are the engineer. All right? Blow the whistle a couple times. Choo, choo. All right? You are, your life is basically what you choose. And I really want to say this because sometimes we get this mentality where we're passively looking by like I'm just, you know, I'm just, it's, it's cause and effect. I'm here because of this. And you make choices and you can't blame it on others. You're not a spectator. Stop being so passive about your life. 
passive means you're just watching them. I can't do anything. You have choices to make. What are you making? Think about it. Every day you wake up, choices to make. Choices to make. I want to give you, uh, I wrote this down, get off the blaming program. <laughs> I was telling that to myself properly. Get off the blaming program. Amp up the responsibility in your life. I'm responsible. I'm making choices. I'm in control of making good choices that will affect my future. Amen? And when we talk about word, we have to look at it like this. I want to give you an analogy. All right? Think about a TV. And there's many different channels. When it comes to worry and anxiety and fear, there's three different aspects. Let me break that down really fast. Worry. It actually comes from a German word, which means to choke. Think about it. When you worry, doesn't it feel like that? Like, oh my gosh, you can't do nothing about it. It's like, oh, I just worry. It's constantly. What can you do about it? What can you do when you worry about something? Nothing. The German, the German word coming from choke. How about this? Fear. Fear takes something that's really small and amplifies it. It's unrational. It's basically emotional. But fear does that. Ever been gripped by fear? Something so small, but then it amplifies. Like, oh my gosh, like I can't. It could get like this, and it's going to be like this. You don't understand. It starts off like this. It starts off. So fear does in our life. And anxiety, if you look at the word in the Greek and the Hebrew, uh, what it really comes down for, it, it really means to split your mind. So you don't really know what to think about. Like, oh my gosh, like I'm thinking about this and this, and anxiety, it brings you down. And, and scientists and even people would understand that these types of things can calm your body. They actually lead to sicknesses. God didn't design you to worry, to have anxiety, to have fear. And somebody said amen. amen. You weren't designed for that. God didn't make you for that. All throughout the Bible, he says to trust in the Lord. And we're going to get into that. I want to give you this analogy. So many times we worry about certain different things. You know, we worry. We have all these fears and anxieties. And there's this example of a TV. Now, when you're trying to have a TV, we have different channels. I'm going to put it to you like this. Channel one is your past. Think about it like that. So many of us have a past. Coming into this place, there's things that when we look back, things that we've done, things that we've been through, things that have happened to us, and we look back, and that's a cause of worry or fear or anxiety. Because we look back, you don't understand, this happened and this and this and this. And, you know, that's a channel that when we look back, nothing good can happen. Whenever we look at the negative things, like, ah, channel one. Channel two is the present. Somebody say the present. The present is what we're in control of today. And this is where I say we live. As a youth group, as a youth, as a person, this is where you stay. God has called us here today to make choices. I can make choices today. I can't look to the past and undo the past. But I can look to today and make some choices that will affect my future. I can make some good choices today, amen? What choices are you making? This is the present. This is where you live. In Channel 3, look at it like this. Your future. I want you to raise your hand right now. If you have 100 Percent control of your future. Raise your hand. Nobody will raise their hand. Well, he tried to raise his hand, but I kind of shut him down right there. He's just like, uh, here it goes. Like a little fish. He's like, <laughs> nobody can really say in their mind and in their heart, like, hey, I got complete control. Because you know when you try to plan for something, it never goes the way you try to plan for it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I told myself, I'm going to do this. They get my master's. I don't know, but it's 
I'm not going. I'm not going for my master's right now. Like truth be told, and so many times we have all these different things that we say, "Hey, I'm going to do this in my life," but never goes. You know how much control you have for your future? Not as much as you think. And that's channel three. Whenever we think about it, that's the cause of man. I'm worried about that too. Like I can't even live my past and all these things that happen, all this anxiety. I look at my future. I don't even know what's gonna happen. Great news, Adam. What am I gonna do? Trust God. Trust God. I say as a church, as a youth group, as a person, you stay on channel two. Focus on the things that God has called you to do every single day. Not looking to the past, not looking to the future, but saying, God, I'm making choices today, right now. Somebody say, I'm making choices today. Listen, I'm not talking about some, some positive mind, you know, make you feel better kind of stuff. I'm talking about a God-given authority and capacity to make these choices. This isn't something to make you feel better. God has given this to you as people. You're not some type of, of subject that you're just, that the circumstances of life come to you and like, oh, I'm just a spectator. No, no, you make choices. Today, right now, what choices are you making? Some of us, if you look back at it, have been not making some good choices. Right? But we have choices today we get to make right now in the present. Not looking, well, this happened, no, you get a chance to make it right today. Open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 8. I really want to get into Jesus. You know, whenever you hear stories of Jesus, you just are drawn to Jesus. I mean, that's the kind of person that Jesus was even today in his word. It draws you to it. And whenever I, we get into subjects like this, I want to know what his response is. And this is a real story. It happened Matthew chapter 8. We're going to go all the way to verse 23. Jesus calms the storm. I love this. How many of you guys believe and know that Jesus is God? By show of hands, just raise your hands. If you believe that in your heart today, Jesus is God. Raise it nice and high. Come on, if you believe it, you're not afraid, you're not ashamed of it, go ahead and stand on up. Put two feet, put two feet, two hands. <laughs> put two hands up in the air and say, Jesus is Lord on the count of three. One, two, three. Jesus, Jesus is Lord. Lord. Amen. You guys can have your seat. I believe it in this place. My man's still standing. He's like, I'm going to stay here. Jesus is, Jesus is Lord. And we're talking about choosing to trust God, leaning on God. I look throughout my life, there have been circumstances and things where it puts me at a moment, like, man, i got to make some choices right now. And so many times the choices that I make may be based in anxiety, fear, worry. But now looking back, like, man, God has given me every single time to make a choice. And I'm now I'm choosing. God, if I'm going to learn it right now, I'm going to choose to trust you. Amen. Matthew chapter 8, verse 23, Jesus calms the storm because Jesus is God, right? Check this. The Bible says right there in 23, then he got into the boat and the disciples followed him without warning, a furious, somebody say furious. furious. A furious, somebody say like, you're awake, say furious. Furious. Come on. Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was, what was he doing, y'all? I love Jesus. Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. I love Jesus, he's God. So going into that, he's telling the disciples, hey, come with me, I'm going across the lake. Jesus knowing there's going to be a storm. 
Okay? Jesus knew there was going to be a storm. But Jesus said, hey, this, I can just imagine it out. Hey, you guys want to go for a ride? Sure. Come in the boat. Come in the boat, guys. And Jesus gets on this boat, and we can see Jesus' humanity and his divinity. We can see his humanity, that he was 100% human because he was tired. He had to sleep. But we also see his divinity because he was rested. He wasn't worried. He was confident. And so there is this storm, and the Bible says it's a furious storm. You break that word down. There's two words that come together to make that word furious. If you break it down, it will translate it to seismic and mega. So think about this. I'll read it to you. Without warning, a mega seismic storm came up on the lake. That's a big, that's a big storm. That ain't a little storm like it's raining. It's like, no, it's talking about earthquake type, like hurricane type of storms. And they're on this boat. I was looking. They said you can research it. They found this boat um, in the Sea of Galilee. And they was dated around the time of Jesus. But we know that wasn't Jesus' boat because every boat that Jesus was on made it to the other side. Hallelujah. But if you want to see what the boat was like, you can look at it. And it's kind of, it doesn't look, it's not a steamboat. It's definitely not a rowboat. It's just a normal, like, boat. And I'm thinking to myself, like, if they're on something like that, I'd be afraid too. So this mega seismic storm comes up on the lake and the disciples are freaking out. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And Jesus Jesus is sleeping. He's, he's resting. He's cool. I love Jesus. He's God. He's not fretting about it. And he comes to him and says, Lord, save us. Amen. What happens when those things come to you? Problems like that come to us. And whether it's a storm, you can look at the storms in your life. Well, well, I'm not going through a storm right now. Guess what? You will. I'm not trying to speak it over to you, but at the same time, we're not like, oh, life is just a skip in the park. Every day is a good day. We will go through some things. And because you're a Christian doesn't mean you have to deny it. No, everything, every day is a good day with Jesus. You can say those things, but really, there's going to be some bad days where you say, hey, I don't know about today. Today doesn't feel like a good day. Hmm. I want to say this to you. Jesus knew about the storm. He was not worried. As a matter of fact, he was excited about the storm. You guys want to get in the boat? Come on. He's fired up about it. He's glad about the storm. Why? Jesus gets fired up about the things that bring us the opportunity to change the world. You don't believe me? Open up your Bibles to John 11. John chapter 11. Jesus gets fired up at those opportunities. John chapter 11 is the story of Lazarus. And here's his story. There was a man who was close to Jesus. He was a good friend of Jesus. And the Bible talks about him here in this passage. And he said that he got a report, Jesus got a report that Lazarus, his friend, was dying. And they came and reports that Jesus, you better come quick. Your friend, the one that you love, Lazarus, he is dying. And Jesus is saying, no, I'm not going to come right now. And then, you know, he sent back the word that Jesus is not coming, so he stayed two days where he was at, then he went to go see Lazarus. But open up your Bibles to John chapter 11 to prove to you the fact that Jesus is excited about those opportunities that bring you closer. John chapter 11, verse 11. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. He was really talking about falling asleep, the sleep kind of we do every single night. He's talking about death. Verse 12, his disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, 
he will get better. His disciples were thinking like, hey, he's sleeping. He's going to get better. He's going to be okay. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but the disciples thought he meant natural sleep. Verse 14. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Hey, he's not alive. And for your sake, here it is, I am glad I was not there. So you may believe. Jesus gets glad of those opportunities. Why? Because they're opportunities and demonstrations that would bring you back to him. That will show you his faithfulness. He gets glad. He's excited about it. The things that we don't get excited about, he's looking at him like, yes, it's okay. It's all right. Back to the storm. Were the disciples actually perishing? Were the disciples really in harm's way? Were they really going to drown? I mean, that would wreck the gospel. I mean, if it turned out like that, then think about it. There was a storm. Disciples were on the boat. Jesus was sleeping. And uh, there were 12 disciples. Four drowned. And uh, that would mess up the entire story of Jesus. What in the world? There's only now eight disciples. Oh, that storm, Jesus was sleeping. No! But the Bible talks about Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Being calm. So calm, he's sleeping. <laughs> but he's not sleeping in our problems and in our issues today. Psalms 116 says this. It says, I love the Lord, for he heard my voice, and he heard my cry for mercy. See, in your times of, of, of worries and anxiety and fear, hey, the disciples have a good response. They go out to such strong language. Lord, save us. And then you will return to. Lord, save us. Let me give you this. Trust is the antidote for anxiety. Everyone's going to go through it. Everyone's going to have it. But trust is the antidote. What can you do? Like, man, now I've had a long streak of these things in my life, like my family, my job, my friends, just my life. Like, I don't know. Trust is the antidote for anxiety. How about this? I'll give it to you plan. Trust is the act of my will to give my burdens to God. Trust is the act of my will giving my burdens to God. It's like a muscle. The more you do it, it gets stronger. Trust in God. How's it going for you? Are you trusting God? How's that going? Like, man, I don't, if you think in your life right now, if your whole entire life is going by and there's not one thing that you're trusting in God for, hey, go back and say, hey, wait, I'm not really living out this word. It seems like I have everything in the palm of my hands. And guess what? The moment you think that, and the moment you feel that, and the moment you say to yourself, I have everything in control, the moment things start slipping through your hands, you realize that you don't. But in those moments that you turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, I trust you. Trust is the act of my will giving my burdens to God. Amen? And prayer. Things we can do whenever these things, worry, anxiety, fear hit us. Pray. Prayer is the transaction that transfers the burden to God. When you get on your knees before God, you say, God, I cannot do this. Lord, save me. And you're crying out to God. That's the transaction. Say, God, I'm giving it to you. The reason why people are suffering today? Because they're poor at praying. You're poor at praying. And you realize, I'm still struggling with this. 
We're poor at praying. Or maybe you say to yourself, hey, you know, I prayed and I gave that to God. Pray again. You see, you have to go day by day, step by step. When you pray, you give your burdens unto God. And trust is that day by day, step by step, walking, that he's carrying your burdens. And the moment when you feel it coming back over you, that's time to get back on your knees and give it back. So, Lord, it's yours. That's what it is. Sometimes we look at this entire process and we say it never works. It's just we stop praying. We stop trusting. We get so tired in the trust. We're walking with God and God is taking it from us. And then when it comes back, we think, hey, you messed up. Hey, where's your part in this? It's a relationship. It's not one of these things where, God, you got to do it. I'm going to watch you work. But you got to come day by day saying, God, I'm trusting that that thing, my burdens, my worries, I'm giving it to you. And whenever I feel it's coming back, I'm getting back on my knees and I'm surrendering it to you, God. I'm not carrying it anymore. Trust is the moment by moment walking forward, believing he's carrying the burden until I sense I'm taking it back. You fall back to your knees and you pray. Isaiah 41, 10. I love this passage. It kind of ministered to me. Um, I remember a um, point in time, you know, anxiety, worry, fear. I forget what it was, the exact same thing, but I just remember, I like, man, I needed God. And I get to a passage in Scripture, and it was one of those things, I hardly ever do this, right? You know, you flip your Bible open, you stop, and then you say, that's the word of the Lord is giving it to me today. You know, you get really spiritual. Like, man, I'm going to pray today, man. What's God going to tell me? And if you have a normal Bible, you're like, okay. You open up somewhere in the Bible, and it's always in the middle, and it's always Psalms. Like, God, he loves you, and it's like rejoice in the Lord. No one ever wants to open up and do those things like at the end because repent, you know, comes along the line. So I remember I did that one time, and I believe it was of the Lord. And, you know, it's Isaiah 41.10, and, and it, it's, it's a good verse that I ministry to you today. It says, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who wage war against you will be as nothing at all. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. We talk about prayer, we talk about trusting God, but how's it going? How's it really going? Hmm? You hear about all these different things. Some of us, we keep we live on, on channel one, looking back to our past. And you talk to people like that, and it's, it's never fun. You never want to be around them. It's just like, how's things going? Well, this, this, and this. And if that's you, there's no shame in that. But I'm saying God has something more for you. You make choices today. Are you choosing to trust God? Are you praying? Are you so poor at prayer that the reason why you're struggling through something is the reason why you're not getting what you want? The whole purpose of this message is to lead you to this one point. You alone, on your knees, giving your burdens to God. That's what it is. Are you choosing to do that? Trusting God. 
and let's, let's close our heads and close our heads. <laughs> close your heads, y'all. Close your eyes and bow your heads. Jesus, we love you. You're such a good God. <laughs> God, you would welcome the things that we don't get excited about. You get excited about. You're glad about it. Because there are opportunities in which you can work. God, we, we choose to trust you. Or you can put some music in the background. This, this is what I'm going to do. We're just going to close out in prayer. We're going to choose to trust God. If, if you in your heart said, man, I've been struggling to trust God. If I survey my life, if I look at every choice that I've made, it's based in self, it's based on my own will, it's not based on trusting in the Lord. I struggle like that. And you know what? My prayer life, I, I can't pray. I get so discouraged. I worry so much that I think that worrying is sometimes even better than praying because I have somewhat of a control. Come, we want to pray right now. And if that's you, come, just place your hand over your heart right now. The base of this message, you alone on your knees, crying out to God about your burden. Come on, give me your burdens in this place. Jesus, our hope and our trust is in you. God, you're not shaken up by the things in our life. But God, you give us the opportunity to come and lay these things. We're not so helpless after all. We're not so helpless as the worry, the fear would like to dictate to us. God, we choose in the midst of our, of our lives to, to choose to trust you. Come on. The Bible says that blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. There's no shame. There's no shame. We're going to leave this all to open right now. Leave it fall to your knees. I feel like some of us... We haven't done it, but as an act, as a as a sign of, of humbling yourself before the Lord, we're coming to our knees. Because guess what? When we go back home, we're going to deal with those things. And at those moments and at those times, when you fall to your knees, when you come before the Lord and say, God, trust me in your power. Trust me in your son. Lord, save us. Lord, save me. He's here. He's listening. Come on.